Have you ever thought about that while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb? I did. I actually bought two homes in Albuquerque that I Airbnb'd, and it was just an amazing investment, honestly, because, you know, as you are accruing value in your property, you are also making money on the Airbnbs. It's amazing. So your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila is a must-have. It's an award-winning tequila. It's infused with real juice, with real fruit, which means the flavors are built in. It's real. So you need like two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Hey, um, you know how I'm always trying to keep my house parties exciting? New cocktails? <laughs> do you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's something that's going to flip the script. Okay. All right. 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about this, right. Oliver Hudson. Yeah, 21 Seeds is an award-winning tequila that's infused with juice from real fruits. You only need two to three ingredients to make the perfect cocktail. Wait a minute. I think I know what brand you're talking about. You know why? Yeah. Because 21 Seeds is founded by two sisters and their friend. It's female founded. That's right. See? Sounds See like how I know? Something I can get behind. I know. Well, there's a good story behind that for sure. Listen, if you love tequila... You have to try 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds Diageo, New York, New York. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No. Oh, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> Sibling rivalry. That's good. Okay, let's talk about this. Actually, you know what's so fun is that I know what's fun. I know what's you know, I know. no, I'm gonna say what's fun. I, no. I know what's fun. No, no. I am so okay. much more fun. Okay, um, go. So, no, listen, how funny is it that we had this yep. kind of queued up for now? Uh, we've been holding off on this one because, so we, we interviewed Glenn and Leslie Powell. We've been holding off on it because we really wanted it to come out when, when Top Gun came out. And the reason why we're now putting it forward is because... <laughs> To the danger zone. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, I go right to um, the other song, which is take take my breath take away. Take my breath away. Walking <laughs> in Berlin. slow motion as you tongue. That's the first time I saw a tongue go into a mouth in that silhouette <laughs> shot of Cruz and McGillis. I was like, oh my God, his tongue just went into her mouth. She was so hot with her like aviators on and her curly hair. Yes. It's still my that favorite was a hot look. Scene. No, we're, that she's blue just, light 
sex scene. Ugh, what a movie. So anyway, good. we wanted to hold off because I was, I'm excited for Glenn and it's like a dream come true for him. And also I just happen to know that the movie's awesome and that he is just standout. And so I really wanted to wait, but they pushed it to next June, which I, I get because that is going to be a theater experience. And I'm so glad they're doing that because I want to be in the theater watching that myself. But you got to get to the good part. The good part Wait, is, is that, first of all, we've known Glenn God for a long damn time. It. I'm trying to get I know, there. I was giving I know, props. But we were just with him. We were with him. Yes. He was in Colorado and we were with him for for a week straight and had so much fun. It was okay, so fun. So the fun part is, is that we were all in Colorado and you guys were doing a lot of um, mountain biking. <laughs> yeah, he ate shit. <laughs> and and I, I just want to say that that the, the whole Powell family Best. is one to envy. They are so amazing. So if you fun. see their Instagram accounts, you, there's so much love and support for each other. And it's just a beautiful family yeah. unit. It makes you happy. Um, it makes you happy. They make you happy. happy. But you know, Leslie and Glenn's relationship is just a beautiful one. She's amazing. She's um, so talented too. She's got a beautiful voice and incredible voice. Yeah. Anyway, Glenn. So Glenn was here in Colorado. We had the best time with him. He was over at the ranch. We had bonfires. We cooked food. We drank good wine. We had some tequila. And I took him out on some of my mountain biking adventures. And we're all deciding that know. we should probably live on a on like a commune style. Yes. You know. Yeah. Vibe. And there are there are many pictures and videos that I would love to post on Instagram of Glenn on a mountain bike and on a dirt bike, but he will not let me because <laughs> he's concerned that his image will be ruined. And I'm going to abide by this because I agree with him. So you will not be seeing these videos, oh, but man. they're hilarious. Okay. I just want to say this is such a sweet, great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yes. Here is Glenn enjoy. and Leslie Powell. Kate came up with the idea that we start from the beginning, which is a really novel idea, <laughs> but I liked it a lot. So we want to get an idea of where you came from, like what, where you grew up, that kind of thing. How many brothers, how many brothers and how sisters? How many brothers and sisters? You know. Give us the whole, like dogs, yeah, monkeys. Right. <laughs> when what? you were conceived, <laughs> we- how you were conceived. <laughs> Let's orally. start with let's start with local. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn was conceived orally. I really beat the odds. Right. I've always Pretty tried amazing. harder than anyone else. It's amazing what I can do. Do not tell me the odds. Uh, so let's start with where you're from. We're from Austin, Texas, and uh, my my but my dad grew up in New Jersey and Maine, so we have. We think of him as an honorary Texan, though. He's a, he's oh, okay. a Yankee, but he's really not a Yankee at heart. Okay. Um, and then my mom grew up in Dallas. So we spent our entire lives in Austin. And then going back and forth, our aunt had this crazy ranch in, in East Texas. And so we basically spent all of our summers playing with, like, our cousins and mm. everyone. We would never do – we would never, like, go to camp. We always, like, brought camp to us. How okay. many how, um, how many of them? I there mean, were 13 of us. Oh, wow. And, like, Fun. there were no filters ever. <laughs> Our cousins would say whatever they wanted. I mean, you guys, all <laughs> the boys, like, like the best childhood. Us. It was phenomenal. Okay, so you would spend all your summers on a big ranch. The freedom of being able to, like, were your parents cool with that? Like, did they let you guys just roam. run and roam around? Or were they 
a, a little more. I think I think the big thing is it came from my so my grandfather, my mom's side of the family is like a bunch of rowdy Texans. So my grandfather was a surgeon. My grandmother like ran Dallas Community College like system, and they had uh, was it five six brothers and sisters. Yeah, there were six of them. Six, six, six of them. And they were just wild. And they were all in Dallas. And they had this big plot of land, like right in the middle of Dallas. And they had horses and animals. And my grandfather had a monkey in his surgery practice, <laughs> right? And so <laughs> it first started out physical. is when we were young and kind of growing up. <clears throat> we kind of always wanted like, we had like sugar gliders. And we had, you know, first to start off with just obviously like normal pets, like gerbils and, you know, and like <laughs> dogs and stuff like that. And somebody's like, I caught a possum. Like, let's make it our pet. And then somebody's like, I caught a raccoon. Like, let's make it our pet. And then all of a sudden, you we started like when G-Dad died, we got a monkey in his honor. We didn't wow. name him William because that's a weird thing to name a monkey. But we did name him Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> and and Charlie sort of became part of the family. And then you, I think they saw the effect of like taking care of Charlie sort of instilled uh, – caregiving aspects mm-hmm. into the family. So like every summer we started getting a new animal that would be like a timeshare animal. So you'd basically, cause we have such a big family, Charlie would stay with, you this know, this so family. Cute. Cause it's like a baby. Mm. You have to change his diaper every yeah. day. I mean like he's a full time. Yeah. yeah stay with every family. And then, there was like an alpaca and a coatamundi, which is like a South American anteater. Glenn's, Glenn's like, and then one year we got a white rhino. We got a white rhino. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. there's literally one of those left. On yeah. Earth. I'm like, and it's at the ranch. And, you're and he lives the best life. Yeah. Uh, and people wow. think dinosaurs so, are extinct. Wait, so is Charlie still, he's still alive, right? Charlie. Yeah. Actually, Leslie and Charlie, what? You don't want to talk about it? Oh, Charlie and uh, I don't really get along. You don't? <laughs> Guys, it's a really sore subject because he oh, likes no. all the boys and he doesn't like me. Oh no! Really? Yeah, my feelings are really hurt. Okay, but but <laughs> well, so why do you mean? think he doesn't like you? Guys, I don't know. I've been trying to figure this out for nine years now. And does it does it hurt your feelings at all? Yeah. What did I do? What did I ever do to make a monkey not like me? So what do you do? Do you try to engage with him and connect? With um, him? I gave it a shot for <laughs> a long is their time. Other sibling we're talking about, <laughs> Charlie the monkey. By the way, um, gave it a shot for a long time. I don't really engage with him anymore. Oh wow! So you've gone. It's just it's kind of like you know what we should do conscious uncoupling. <laughs> You know like what we the, should do? The other sibling. The next time you guys come on, it's just Leslie and we'll bring them Charlie and the monkey. And we can have <laughs> like them do a therapy Jerry session. You know what, like, yeah, well, they can do a therapy session. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, maybe we could have Charlie throws poop happens. at Leslie and then apologizes. <laughs> we could get a professional <laughs> animal, like an animal psychic. Mm-hmm. It's actually, oh my god, this is an amazing. Is an idea. animal psychic a real? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. What if after this, like you and Charlie have like the greatest relationship? He, he told, listens to the podcast. He's like, I had no idea. Charlie, Charlie barricaded Leslie in the bathroom one time. <laughs> Literally chased him, chased her into the bathroom, and she was locked. In. How long were you in there for? Good forty minutes. No, no. way. And but like, and he banged, banged on the door just to make sure I knew not to come out of there. <laughs> <laughs> About every five minutes. No way, yeah. guys. Charlie wins in the house yeah, yeah. so okay so charlie charlie lives in the family house basically it's in east texas right and that's where everybody goes that's, that's a big ranch. wait first of all how many how many siblings do you guys have so we have we have one other sister okay 
So, and that's our older sister, Lauren. Okay. Who just had a niece and nephew, or our niece and nephew. She had uh, <laughs> her son and daughter, uh, a, two twins. They're so fun. She's like the best mom ever. Really? It's, yes. It's so cute. My sister is like, she's fierce and she like won't take shit from anyone. And when she had her babies, she just turned into this like maternal. She's always been incredible, but like this maternal instinct came mm. out. Mm-hmm. How old is she? Uh-oh. Why did you ask that so <laughs> no, slowly? I don't know. I don't know. She's been around for 347 <laughs> years. Kate. She's three years older than Glenn. Yeah, so 33. Oh, so you're all so like three. three and a half years apart. And are you guys Are you guys all close? Yeah, who's everybody's the, very close. Who's the closest in siblings? I don't know about you, but I, I feel like growing up that the alliance has shifted. Like I was like hanging out with Leslie and I were always sort of, she was always like my mini me. Like we always did a lot of the same activities Yeah, to get like, I played violin. I did like musical theater. And then you play, yeah. And then we did that. And then the sports that I played, like she would play and like, I played saxophone. You played saxophone. But you and Lauren were really close growing up. Growing up. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you were so left you out were a little kind bit. of left out. I would nobody was ever really left out. Like, but y'all like did things together when I was too young to go with the big kids. Mm. Right. They would all go do their stuff and then come back. But then we got to the age where like when we could all do stuff together, we all did stuff together. So you guys are perfect. It's basically. No, I, 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 would, no. say, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> basically, you guys like all loved each other. And no, okay. So you, so then how old were you when you felt like you guys started to. I think when Lauren went to college is when I was like, oh my gosh, she's gone. Like once she was gone, I was, it made me so sad. But then like before that, like they would always be together. And then. Well, so also, I think when she went to college it was a big change for me. There's also a period of time, like, I don't know, like when you're a, like 14 or 15 as a guy, you're sort of like, you're, you're sort of like wanting to break the rules a little bit more. And my older sister was always more the rebel. Like <laughs> by far, so like, she was, she was like, she like acted bad and got sent to private school. And, <laughs> and, and so, so like, but I would always like to break the rules, I would go hang out with my buddy who went to a, a different high school and I would go hang out with my older sister. So that was right. sort of like a alliance where it's like, yo, don't tell mom and dad, like we're going to go hang out. <laughs> um, and that was sort of the thing. And Leslie by far is the the most golden child of oh. the crew. Like okay. in terms of niceness to people, it mm-hmm. goes Lauren, me, and then Leslie's like by far the nicest. Okay, the oh. babies. The babies. You are. No, it's true. It's like you've always been, I feel like we had to like, you know, be the lead blocker, you know, for you. We made all the mistakes and then you just came in and just like This is actually really true. You guys, I didn't make as many mistakes because I watched what they did. I was like, I do not want to do that. Mm-hmm. But then there were also some things that I was like, I did everything. Like, yeah, I basically, people did call me Glenn's mini me forever. Like because you just copied life. everything that he did? Or you wanted to... You, I just, no, she was he, short and had alopecia. <laughs> 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 okay, so this is interesting because I we're opposite, right? So you and I are are, are similar. We're middle children mm-hmm. and we only have siblings of the opposite sex. And I always say like I never had a sister to really be able to emotionally connect with in the way that you do as as a as a woman, you know. Yeah. You tell your sister everything. And you and your sister probably talk about way more things and more intimate things than you would with Glenn. I think we talk about different things because Glenn probably knows 99.9% of my entire life. Do you talk to him about dudes? 
Yeah, I'll tell him about it. I tell him, I literally tell Glenn everything. Have you ever, you have obviously never longed for a brother, right? I mean, that's never been part of your thing, I, mean, I grew right? up on like sports teams and yeah, I had buddies like, that held older brothers and stuff yeah. like that. We also had tons like, of boy cousins who we were. But I was always the really, oldest. Oh, that's true. Right. You were the oldest. So I was never had like somebody older that I was. So do you sure. think that you've gained something as a child from being around with so many like women having two sisters? Yes. Absolutely. What do you Absolutely. Th- what do you think it is? I th- what? Yeah, I think I think I think perspective on so much. And right. Not only our dad has like a psycho, you know, psychological background where he can break things down. So not only being around women and him essentially holding my hand, walking me through, going, "Hey, this is what's happening. Here's the group dynamic that's going on. Here's stress behavior. Blah blah blah." I think it just kind of honed emotional intelligence mm-hmm. in a way where I don't. Um, even when I'm in a relationship, I, I tend to not get rattled. Our dad can make so any let's situation ex- like chill. So explain what your parents do exactly. So so my or dad did. has a really interesting job where he's sort of, I mean, the equivalent, like I think the easiest way to describe it is the coolest part of his job is that he's like the CEO saver. So when there's a um, sort of an erratic CEO or someone who has sort of group dynamic problems where they're the CEO of a, a company and obviously very good at at the technical part of leading it, but not good at like inspiring people around them. And they're basically on the chopping block. They'll send my dad in to say, Hey, like you're on the chopping block board wants to let you go. But if you want to whip your shit into shape, I'll tell you how to inspire people around you and, and turn it in. So he sort of like works with them. He sort of Works with them over the course of a year like and a turns life their life coach? around. What? Sort of like a life coach, but for I feel like I could do. Like, what's his background? He was communication. Like he studied communication, and then he was also a communications professor. Um, and then he this job, the job that he does, wasn't around. Like when he started this job, that was when basically that became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a new career, and he worked with this company for a long time, and then he started his own company. And um, we call it Glen Powell Independence Day. <laughs> that we celebrate it every year. Um, but yeah, but he basically goes into these companies and he figures out what each person is really good at or what their strengths and weaknesses or if someone's like a rules person. So say like you think taking a pencil home from work is uh, stealing. And I would take a pencil home any day to do my work and bring it back. I'd fire the person who thought that was stealing. <laughs> right. Was well, the that's CEO. the thing. So many people have different points of views. And so <laughs> he figures out how people think and why they think that way. And then he helps them function better as a team. Is he a psychologist? No. I don't I don't think he has a psychologist background. No, but like when we were growing up, if we, or even now, you call him with a problem. And he's like, hey, think about it this way. Like, they're thinking this way and they're in their stress paper and you're doing this. He goes, great to grow up. Yeah. Great. Literally you can't, great. you can't be upset once he talks to you because he's so damn rational. Uh, yeah. Now like, what about your parents? Have you ever like seen me. them fight? Our parents don't really fight. I've seen my dad. I've seen my dad yell one time and it was when we, you, me and Lauren were all fighting in the backseat. We were in Germany we were all fighting in the back seat about something dumb. And he goes, if you guys don't stop it, I'm going to stop on the side of this highway and I'm going to let you out. And so Lauren was like, well, okay. And she just started like fighting again. And he goes, get out of the car. 
And oh, literally, we let her great. out of the car. This was the one time my daddy even like raised his voice, really. He, he like doesn't He's raise his voice. very patient. And so finally, Lauren learned her lesson though. We dropped her off and then he came back. So, so you, but you and your sister do talk about everything. Glenn's kind of left out of the, which I'm sure, I mean, how do, you're fine with that. Or do you sometimes feel like no? I'm 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 good. I'm yeah. I don't I don't I don't that that's that's something I didn't really need. I again I sort of as a I t- I tend to figure shit out maybe fast maybe slow whatever. But the fact that they had that dynamic, I was never really aware of it. I just are you guys both right, in so LA? dad basically yeah. raised yeah. you guys to be amazingly centered, happy, great children. Mom, let's talk about mom. So mom does mom. She's the greatest. She she takes care of all of like she just takes care of us as a whole and she does a lot of like my business affairs she does a lot of my brother's business affairs like so she what had she start out though oh go for it my mom was the director of intergovernmental affairs under Reagan yeah. back back and that's where my parents met right this is when she slept with Reagan yes this is, <laughs> anyway so that's why I'm such a good actor is I've modeled after my father Ronald Reagan I have modeled this is what we're revealing right. on the show this is yeah this, this is, is a weird paternity test some 23 and me gone wrong I mean we've talked about this actually this was this was a thing that was brought up in the family recently so my parents did 23 and me but they didn't press the uh ancestry button or whatever it is Mm -hmm. that says like who everybody is and how they connect because you keep hearing all these horror stories recently yeah about random people being like you're not my dad right you're my you're my son yeah you're my real dad some random we didn't press that button oh why not because Uh ronald reagan my father is no longer with us (laughs) and i don't need to go through that again (laughs) 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 my dad got super depressed on the 23 and me thing because he was telling everybody they came to the the set of Top Gun and he in our trailer like he was he was so excited to tell us the results of of um that he has elite athlete potential muscle build. Oh my right? god. So uh, he was like, guys, all the athletic stuff you got from me. <laughs> and it's because I have this I have elite athlete potential, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden <laughs> My mom gets hers back, and it also says elite athlete potential or whatever. Oh, no. Who she's the most clumsy, unathletic, doesn't work out. <laughs> and he was like, this is shit. He's like, she got so depressed. He was like, all we talked about for a while. So mom worked for Reagan. Mm-hmm. I think what was interesting is we had a really, I don't know how you felt about this, but I felt like we had a really interesting point of view because they were both in politics and sort of lean different ways is – and also because a lot of those figures sort of came into our lives growing up, you had – politicians and representatives and um sort of like she had a lot of secret service people that were sort of around so we we had like an influx and when we went to washington dc you sort of saw her world like we got you know the real backstage tour and has access to i mean presidents have been out to the ranch and you know it's like mom mom is very connected to all that stuff but i feel like we got a very diverse point of view when it comes to dad who is more on the political machine type side of it and she was more on the treasury financial side of things Mm -hmm. and that that probably doesn't explain it but like i also i don't know i I feel like we got a a pretty good perspective to see actually how the machine works instead of the sound bites that you get at parties right 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 you know what i mean and then for you guys with two parents who kind of deal like like you said kind of in this world you get into the arts you're a singer you write music 
and Glenn you is- sing like this? You are the wind beneath my wing. I could never do God, that. God, I miss Nashville. I just wish you would do that every day. Oh, my God. Is it kind of like that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to do a duet? Yeah. Your parents, were they in the arts? Were they musical? Nothing. You guys all, and, and your sister, is she? What does she do? You're older. Lauren, Lauren was in, you know, worked uh, in legal stuff for a while and then, she she was just kind of never really that driven on a lot of things. I mean, was whatever she put her mind to, she could do it really well. She could do it well, but she was never happy doing it. Yeah, and it just, wasn't until she became a mom that I think like I've seen her at like peace. Aww. Literally, you know? she was made to be a mom. She's the greatest mom ever. That's but like, it's there. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, yeah, it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah. So you guys ended up getting into the arts. You were you always a songwriter? No, I actually got, so Glenn and I did a, we started in the string project, which was violin. We both played violin for a long time. And, and then when I got into high school, um, Glenn encouraged me to do a creative writing class. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you, you play music, like just try this. Maybe you're a good writer. I was like, I'm not a good writer. And then I did it. And he was like, Les, like, this is pretty good. You should like do it. So literally I, it stemmed from high school when he encouraged me to do that. And You're then like I just the like, greatest brother, right? I mean, <laughs> did you guys ever fight? Did you ever? I mean, did you ever not like her, or, or were you always so encouraging, like go and win and? Make I, think it. I think on the big things, like big things, life's hard if you don't have your family to lean back on. There was one time I got really mad at her. We were we we were having dessert, and. We were all, everybody was sharing dessert and I bit into this like awesome bite and I was like, you know, I was like, oh my God, is there like a prune in here or something? And <laughs> Leslie had taken her gum oh. and put it on the dessert thing. <laughs> and so I was just, I just took a big bite of ice cream and was just chewing her gum uh, for like, 30 seconds raisins and, are and great. savoring it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, what is this? Like, what is this thing? And I remember I was like, I literally was like petitioning for a new sister after that moment. I was, uh, I'm not like a germaphobe, but right. I definitely like, it's not cool to like chew I mean, on your sister's gum. it's pretty gross. This is as bad as uh, the for the palate. That is pretty gross. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, blow. so basically you were, so then you were like, you know, he's a great brother. No, he's the best brother in the world. He's always been like my biggest fan. I've always been his biggest fan. And like watching <sighs> him do what he does in his career, it's like he did everything before I'm doing it. I'm three years behind him. Mm -hmm. And so any like terrible day I have or question in what I'm doing, he's like, oh, he's like, I've been there. <laughs> like, let me tell you. And he like, will coach me through it, and it's the best. Aww. I love you. <laughs> love you. So Glenn's the best <laughs> older brother. I'm so jealous. I just, I wish I had an no, older brother. No, we've talked about this. No, but if there were a brother I competition, you, I would have won it. <laughs> I know, but I made her. It's not, I know, it's not a competition. What do you have you made? Yeah, because exactly. I, I, we, we've, we've talked you. about this before. Be Thank you. Because I was an asshole to her, she felt like, she then needed to step up her shit, right? And become a force, become a powerful woman. Independent. Independent, there, powerful woman. There is something woman. to that. Low stakes, and, trial and error. You know, maybe making, she had to, I mean, you know, use... He likes to think it's him. If I would have given you the love that you needed, <laughs> you wouldn't be nearly as successful as you are today. That you, we will, We will never know. We will never know. But what yeah. a lovely thing to have the support... 
like that <laughs> growing up. <laughs> 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 um, brother, Helix. <laughs> Helix the cat. A wonderful, wonderful cat. Um, Helix Oliver. Okay, I'm going to tell a story because we've been in Colorado together. And oh, yes. uh, there's someone that is sleeping on a bed it and, and it, from a mattress from like 1982 and mm-hmm. is like complain, complain the whole time. Like the, her back was just the, her neck. And I immediately was like, okay, we need to get a, a helix in this house ASAP. Yes. Not, not just one, many. I mean, I have my own helix that I'm in love with very much in love with. Um, if anyone wants an update as to the last time we did the Helix ad, my friend Mark Rose and oh, his right. wife Allison have been sleeping in the Helix and they have currently made love numerous times on my Helix mattress and they have given it a five-star review. Oh, you're missing the whole point of that, which is not only have they been having amazing sex, they actually got impregnated. Yeah, they're pregnant now. So They're pregnant. You know, if you want to get pregnant... <laughs> Get a helix. <laughs> no, but back to your back to your story, Kate. This is a, this is a true uh, uh, conversation that happened last week, where we need to outfit this entire ranch that has not been updated since the eighties, right? With helix mattresses. So we're actually going to use our own code and go on and get some new mattresses. Let me explain how this works. You got to take a quiz. You take a quiz. It just takes two minutes to complete, and it matches your body type, your sleep preferences. Uh, you know, whether you like soft or firm, whether you sleep on your side or your back, your stomach, uh, whether you sleep hot, all that stuff. It, it, it takes all that into account and spits out the perfect mattress for you. Mine was the Helix Midnight Lux, in case anyone wants to know and copy me. Really easy. Um, it was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash sibling. They have a 10-year warranty and you get it, try it out for 100 nights risk-free. That's a lot of nights. They'll even pick it up free if you don't love it, but you will. You're gonna love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash sibling. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep dot com slash sibling for up to two hundred dollars off. Glenn moves to Los Angeles. He says, "All right, I'm leaving Texas." Your sister went into law school. Yeah, so Lauren was working at a law firm at, by that point. Right. Okay. You came out here to be a star. You became a manny. <sighs> I was a Manny. You were oh, that's a Manny. Right. Yeah. You were you were staying in a Bel Air house. Yeah. Awesome. Um, teaching their kids how to play sports. Yep. For a stupid amount of money. No, no. I was I was staying at this uh, estate for, for a free. bed, basically. For but I had like guest bedrooms. Uh, and I had like my own pool. Yeah. I had, like it was crazy. Did you house it and stuff like that when they were out of town? But they but there's no. I mean, they had a staff of like twelve. How did you meet these people again? So it was just it's just friends of friends, right. like family friends that we we kind of grew up around, but like I didn't really know them on a personal level. How old were you when we when, when you them? When, yeah when you moved to L A. and this? Oh, thing. I was nineteen. 
And so you were 16, or you were 16, 17? High school, still in high yeah, school. Yeah, I was still in high school. But I, I've only been here a year. So like he moved like way before I have, I did. Oh, you've only been in LA for a year? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's the thing is like, like I did the lead blocking. Like I established, I established, you know, rooting here. Yeah. It took me five years to get like a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just like, she, she's literally taken over the town in less than a year. It's crazy to watch. <laughs> what are you doing? She sings her ass off. No, I know, I know, I know. But so Glenn's like you're taking over the town. Singing and writing music. Awesome. And- so I, I write music for, um, I write pop music in all different genres, and then I license it to TV and film oh, and advertisements, amazing. and then write for other people, and then sing, and then sing, and then I do my own thing. So it's really fun. So I like. She's basically living the life I wish I would have lived. Do you sing stuff like this? Girl, you are to me what a perfect woman should be. And I dedicate my love. How did this song happen? I said I wasn't going to cry in this podcast. I know. It's happening. (laughs) It's happening. Wow. You guys don't even know. So you came to, so you came to LA, you became a Manny. You started auditioning. Uh, Denzel Washington's agent Ed Lamato, who was yeah, but that, that's why he was the guy that convinced me to come out here. Ed Lamato, oh, right, Ed did Ed and Denzel, and then I became a Manny. Was trying to just get jobs, and that was like two years of basically not auditioning and just getting shut down. And then Ed passed away. Yeah, so right. after Ed after yeah. Ed passed away, he was like literally my guardian angel, the guy that I talked to every day. The reason that I was out here, and it was the first time in this town that I felt like alone. I was, I was in a really bad, and, and then all of a sudden, I that family got a divorce, and I like moved up to like a garage in Van Nuys, and was like living up there. And I, when I had to get to my door, I had to like pass like a barking dog that was trying to bite me all the time, and I didn't have AC, and it was the <laughs> middle of the summer, and I was getting sued because I got unemployment benefits, and then I found out like residual checks were going back, so I made no money, and then I was also getting sued by California. <laughs> wow, and it was just a bummer. You know, life was just like really tough and it just wasn't working out. And all that, all those dreams of who you thought you were going to be just sort of, you're like, shoot, like I've always believed in myself, like nobody else. And I was willing to do what it takes, but it was like the first time I was like, who I got to strap in for this. This is going to be, this is going to be right. And you're probably getting to that age where you're like, oh, is this going to be my career? Am I going to, is this going to be a failure? Yeah. You sort of start making uh versions where you're like okay i may not be you're, you you go okay i yeah. want to be i'm gonna be a trainer. tom cruise right and then you're like <laughs> maybe I'll all be right a maybe i'll be like <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll be tom cruise trainer for tom cruise <laughs> all right <laughs> maybe i'll be right? that guy in the in the background We're, that gets punched by him in mission impossible like <laughs> no i no i i get it it's 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 the age-old hollywood story but then every once in a while one slips through the cracks and you end up getting a break um and your break was I'd probably say my break was Expendables was probably the the one that I had kind of no business being in, but I got a shot and it put me on a poster with a bunch of of guys I've been idolizing my whole life. And did you have that thing like the Brad Pitt like I'm gonna dress in a chicken suit if I have to to like make it kind of thing for you? Were you like I'll do anything? Like I'll just you know when you know when you came here it was like I'll take any job. I mean, there's there's obviously a line of like what I'll do for money. Um, is there? No, there's not Oliver. But now that I'm past it, <laughs> I feel like I feel like he'd be in the yeah. chicken. Right. Uh, no, I mean at the, at the end of the day, like to to make money, it's like be out here. You sort of have to have no sort of pride about what you're doing. I remember getting. I, I applied to the Beverly Hills Hotel, 
as a, as a towel boy and I got the job and I was really pumped about it. Congrats. And I got fired after a week oh. um, <laughs> because, Why? because I had not gotten any auditions. Um, I had no, no auditions for a long time. And then all of a sudden the week that I got the job that I was like, all right, I got I got to make money. I got like three auditions. And so I was like, Hey, I had to tell my boss, like, Hey, I got another audition. And he's like, Hey, I hired a towel boy, not an actor. I'm like, I don't want to be a towboy for the rest of my life, but also like, <laughs> this is not normal. And, and yeah. And so that's what I was like. All right. There, there were, and then you do odd jobs for people, you know, you work on sets as different things and just try to, you know, make ends meet. But again, that was, that was where, when that do or die moment happened in Van Nuys, where I was like, I was at the end of my ropes. I remember it was like, my grandfather died. I was being sued by California. I like, there was a big job that I thought I was going to get that I didn't get it looked like my agent was probably going to drop me. And it was just like one thing after another. And the dog that had basically been chasing me my entire journey to my door back and forth at this gate was just sitting between, like I was just like petting him and I was like crying on the back thing. And I was just like, <laughs> this sucks. This place sucks. <laughs> you know, you know, and I just, I just remember it's just, um, it's good to look back on those moments. Cause, um, not that those moments are over. It's not like I'm totally out of the woods, but I definitely feel um, really lucky because I know exactly where I could be. Mm. Yeah, no, it's true. And and I think too, it's like one of those things where, you know, Kurt always said to me, I remember when I was acting all the time and I was younger and he goes, well, hold on a second, you know, because I said, I really want to audition. I was still in high school and they wouldn't let me do it. And Kurt said, let me ask you a question. You know, like how much do you want to be an actor? Like, do you want to be an actor because there's this sort of success, this idea of success? Or like, would you be happy in Nebraska and community theater performing? And I remember saying to Pam, like, well, obviously, if I, I mean, obviously I want to have success. I mean, that goes without saying. But like, I don't think I'd ever not be able to be on a stage in some capacity. I have to do it. You know, like I still haven't sang, right? I don't care who listens, who's there. I could, it could be Oliver, like, but I would, I would be. I hope not. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I and he knows this about me. Oh, every like, time I come I, in, Kate's like, let, let me play this new song I wrote. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Kate, I just, I gotta go. I gotta pick up the kids and I gotta go. I know, like, but like, hold on, I gotta play this new this. song. I'm like, <sighs> I go in and there I, like, and she's like, with yeah, it. She's, no, she's I'm like, playing. basically performing. She's like, I'll be your new song. Oh I'm Greg. Don't send it to Oliver. I've got like lights in my studio. The success shouldn't be what determines how much you love something because then you'll be miserable because this is one of the hardest careers to have a, a, a sustained success in, period. You know, I either say if you want to be an actor, you're either you you have to be a little bit crazy. You just have to because it's not it's not a grounded. Right. It's not you're not around grounded people. You're not in a grounded world. No. No. And same with you. So here you come two kids coming from very grounded parents. And now you say, I'm going to be a musician. (laughs) (laughs) So when was that that you actually connected to it being other than Glenn kind of being your cheerleader? But like, this is what. Is this is my calling? I have to do this. Um, I went to Nashville for the first time my sophomore year of college, and there was this family that basically adopted me and let me also stay in their guest house. Um, and there, I had a mentor. His name was AJ Masters, and he had written all these old country hits. And he kind of took me under his wing and was like, "I think you can do this." Like he, and if I did well in a session, he'd take me into another session. 
But he was like the only person I really knew in Nashville. And I met him randomly through somebody. Um, and so then I kept going session to session. I was like, this is awesome. And then I realized I didn't want to do country music after like three years. Because <laughs> I just, it's not me. Right, but he gave you a foundation. But he gave me a foundation. Right. He, he taught me how to write. He taught me how to think. Well, the great country writers are the great storytellers. I, I They're think. storytellers. Yeah. And that's what it is. And I think being here, it's different. They start with a melody here and a beat. And then in Nashville, it's always about the story. So mm. it's cool coming here. You have both. And I think they always used to tell me, like, you think too much. You think too much. And it was because I was always thinking about story. Mm-hmm. But I think that's ingrained in me from Nashville. Mm. So what has been the most challenging part of coming to L.A. for you? I switched my I switched my entire trajectory. I wanted to be an artist my entire life and, like, was doing that. And then started realizing when I came here, I met this manager. And he was so great. And he set me up with his team of writers and was like, just see how you do. And... So I came and, and I started really liking pop music. So I switched over to pop. And then I realized, like, he sat me down one day and was like, do you really want to be on tour for 300 days a year? Mm. And I was like, nope. <laughs> like, do you, like, all of these things, I think he said that. And then when I was in Nashville, they kept telling me that I, I kept writing different styles of music. And they'd be like, why are you writing urban why aren't you writing country? And then I'd write like a pop thing and they'd be like, "What? just pick something, pick, pick. And I could never pick. And that was like my biggest weakness. They're like, you're never going to be anything if you don't pick. And um, when I got here, that became my biggest strength, writing for TV and film. And so I switched my entire life to being an artist into writing for TV and film and advertising and like that whole world. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anyone in that world. So I had, I've been just navigating my way, meeting people and meeting writers who write in that vein. What's the but dream, you've been really though? lucky. I mean, you got it. I mean, you got a song in Glenn in the set it up, right? You have a yeah. song in that. Then you have two more songs coming out, right? Yeah. I've been really fortunate. And I I have luckily made great friends in the film supervision world that have been so good to me. And um I just had a Wendy's commercial come out, which is so fun. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's like double or something, $5 double. And you um, wait, so hold on. This is interesting. You wrote what part of the, just a jingle? It's not a jingle. So I, I basically write pop music and then they'll license it. Okay, so you wrote so something for Wendy's and someone performed it or did you perform I it? I performed it. And so you're on when the Wendy's commercial. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, this is something that I love. You put everybody in the movies. So like they're always in the movies that you're in. Yes. How do you, you do Have that? you ever been, has there been any movie that they're not in? Uh, I, I've, I've sort of worked my way up to putting them in every movie. And now there's sort of an expectation that they're in the movies. Who though? Like mom, my dad. mom, my dad, Leslie's in. I'm usually not in them. Are you not in most of them? Lauren. Nah. I mean, mom and dad are like. Mom and dad, I guess, are mostly in them in every single one. How and now Grammy's do, a superstar. How do you do that, though? I mean, you, you just, just sort of you just sort of sneak it in. It's you like sort an of extra. Inception it. Yeah, it's just yeah. like an extra. It's not that, You're like, it's not hey, that hard. Oh, doing- you just do uh, the, yeah. uh, the yeah. backgrounds the only, But now I've gotten to the point where I can sort of come up with like a gimmick. Like I'll read the script and be like, all right, there's a crowd scene. Yeah. There's not going to be totally isolated. I will put them as like, I'll pitch a funny gimmick to the director or whatever, and I'll be like, hey, what about this funny gimmick? And like that I can do where they're not going to talk. So they have to be like, <laughs> sag. My mom's technically sag, but like, 
<laughs> you're, so is dad, right? Anyway, they're, I think so. They're they're where where they're not talking, so they don't have to pay them, right? <laughs> but enough where they have like a fun gimmick where they're featured and stuff. So when Top Gun, we were like, Tom, listen, okay, I got a pitch. Mom will be like a Tom. Mig. My mom's a Mig. Mom's in the she's Mig. Dressed as right. Mig. She's dressed as she's in the plane. That's actually a really. She's just That's... like a rogue state pilot. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the just, volleyball scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mom's he can't talk. Like he the, signed NDAs, mom, but there is a volleyball scene. Well, we won't talk about that. He didn't I, tell me, no by the way. Me. Full, full I'm assuming. Right. Of course. I'm assuming in Top Gun 2, there has of to be. Of course, there's a volleyball scene. And you know how fucking oiled up this dude probably got? <laughs> you know how happy oh. he was to be that oiled up? Oh, my God. Here's what I'd like to say. 80 push-ups. I have a feeling that Tom Cruise is probably was for like your number one, pretty much. That is correct. Yeah, for for sure. <laughs> and this is like, I mean, if 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 Glenn was to do something that was like a dream come true, it is to work with Tom oh, Cruise this is, this is in it. Top Gun oh too. That Leslie showed me uh, an Instagram post um, the other day where I literally on my Instagram it was one of my first posts. It was um, the day Top Gun came out, and I literally wished Maverick a happy birthday. On my Instagram. No. Like Your sense to him, I was like, this is crazy. This yeah. is full circle. You're like this guy. Like May 16th really or something. Wait, how old were you when Instagram came out? I mean, how old were you when no, you did Top this Top Gun post? was late Wait, 80s, no, no. Yeah. This was like Maverick's act, like birthday or something. And he I know, but how old were you? It was like when you, a few years ago. Like three years ago or something. Yeah. Oh, this is like. You're, I was a grown man. I was like, I was going to say. So. <laughs> I was a grown man. Probably, like, probably too old to be doing like, this, this shit. But yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, that's a pretty childish thing you did as a grown man. <laughs> okay. Wait, but what's Maverick's so, birthday? Was it May? I, I don't guess, know like, what it was. May How do you know, you know what it is? Birthday? He just said fucking May. That's in itself. Is it Tom's birthday or Maverick's actual? It's it's the day. Top Gun. It's the day. I think it's the day it came out. Right. The release date. I remember the post that you, there was one post that Wyatt and I were so excited for you because we were like, he's so happy right now. And it was with the aviators on. It was the Top Gun full on post. You had the. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was so, get this. Uh, I was so excited about that. And I got immediately in trouble for that it's oh, like my first like minutes after getting this movie oh my god i post because i'm yeah wanted to be in this movie my entire life i went and researched this i went down to miramar i went down to north island i went to edwards air force base i was around planes i was learning everything so that when i walked in there with tom and jerry and joe i knew everything there was to know about naval aviation so i had a picture with an f-35 two months before i even auditioned that i was with all these guys talking about so i took a i posted this picture of me on my own research with this f-35 i was like so pumped and like literally they're like hey tom just saw that and he's like really not happy i was like god damn it oh my god i the weird thing is is that i'm as like top gun is maybe my favorite movie like to me top gun was where I learned everything that I know, like I wanted to be, I wanted to be like Kelly McGillis and she was sexy. And then that whole sex scene, I was like, oh my God, that was where I learned so much. With the tongue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That Tom, was crazy. I, Tom Cruise so might have been my first crush. So I understand. So you have a man crush on Tom Cruise. I mean, this is yeah, well, real. Tom, Tom's also like the dude that number one has sort of lasted longer than anybody, like because he's just like, 
fearless and cool and right. whatever. But and he also makes his own stuff and develops it. Yeah. And it's like Yeah, and the nicest involved. person of all time. So nice yeah, to people. Just so great to um, work with. He's got like this workout trailer. Like before oh, we all showed the set, the guy has done a For, oh my full, God, it's called the pain cave. And he literally has all these like modern things in there where he's defying gravity. What does Tom Cruise smell like? <laughs> What a, what a Remember weird Pumeria? question. No, but for real, like, I mean, you, what, did he, what did he say? Wait, what did he say? Pumeria from Bed, See, Bath, and Beyond. Remember that? That's, that's what you have when you have two sisters. You can reference things like Pumeria. That's so funny. <laughs> but wait a minute. For real, though, because good, you've been good close set. to Hawaiian. him. That's a Hawaiian. Is that a Hawaiian mm-hmm. smell? Pumeria? Yeah. That's um, exactly like a Hawaiian. All right, full disclosure. Like, wait, you've been you close like to Kai? him. You've been close to him, and, like, he's your idol. Wait, wait, can I just talk about something? the way he smells. Really quickly? Yeah. When you grow up with like brothers and sisters and there are some smells that smell really good, but because they always now follow a bad bathroom smell, they're ruined for you. Yes. Like I hate the smell of vanilla candles. Yeah. It smells like poop to me. Right. Because you've associated. Oh I now God, associate. I always buy you vanilla candles. Yeah. It's just wow. a poopy house now. Oh my God. Why are you, you know what I mean? me that? No, I don't. Because I'm the girl lighting the candle in the shit smelling bathroom because you guys are shutting up the place. I'm just saying so, now there's no, smells. No, to me, the vanilla is like a savior. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with that You one. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You never walk into a bathroom and you're like, oh, it smells like vanilla fart. Yeah. <laughs> just, you're like, yeah. it's obviously oh, yeah, yeah, covering yeah. up something. Like, Damn it. Dash, I used it last night. It was so easy, and I loved my sprite. Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna go more to flight. I was trying to find. I loved it so much that my soul took flight. It was kind of like right. where I was going with it. Uh, we'll try it but again. my brain just my brain sometimes doesn't move fast enough when I'm doing my freestyling. DoorDash, <laughs> Oliver. I love my DoorDash app. I love supporting our local restaurants, especially during this time. I'm a foodie, so um, I know a lot of friends in the restaurant business. It's been a crazy time. And mm-hmm. so at least once or twice a week, we we order out, and, and DoorDash is a great way to do that. Yes, we still need to keep supporting our local restaurants for sure. It feels like this coronavirus has been going on and on and on, and it has, and we need to keep keep supporting your local restaurants. They Danny, Danny is sitting here. You know, he does he he does all of our uh, social media, and he is whispering in my ear how much he loves DoorDash. That <laughs> 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 it's his number one. I'm just going to explain. I know everyone seems to. We think that everyone knows how it all works, but I just want to explain that you open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop. Eh, fuck. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. You choose what. <laughs> Keep all this in, Allison. Ordering is easy. Okay. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app. You choose what you want to eat. And your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Ollie, that's, that's good. That was good. That was that was a tongue twister. I know, but I like this. It's it's nice and safe. And also, but I think the good news is, is for our listeners. So you're going to get $5 off and mm-hmm. zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code SIBLING, that is S-I-B-L, 
ing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that's code sibling for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. Of all of the kids, who's the most like dad? Who's the most like mom? It's a great question. I literally think we have. I think my temperament is like dad, but I also I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. Yeah, I I found I found that so even gro- growing up, <laughs> you're like I want to be a Powell. Yeah, you this you, you awesome. guys, but you again. This is the funny part is that we all should go down to Texas and get rowdy because. Our families are so like the things that matter, those like foundational pillars that make a great family function like y'all's is very similar to what makes ours function. We do sounds like we were like different on certain subjects. We we both we all fart. Uh, you do? We we speak for yourself. We covered up with plumeria. It sounds like t- you guys covered up with vanilla. <laughs> vanilla versus plumeria. I am surprised Glenn is as funny as he is based on the fact that you've had such a great childhood. Because like most people who are funny. Mm-hmm. Have kind of fucked up childhood. I'll, I'll say this though: the, the the entire family is gives each other such shit. Yeah, that you you have to have really thick skin. Yeah. All right, there oh, you're you actually used to, used to have yeah like thick problems skin. with it as a kid because yeah. you're very you're very sensitive. And whenever like the cousins start giving each other shit, it is it is ruthless to the point where they're 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 poking to it's draw like a blood daily road. like if you yeah. don't have thick skin you're just gonna cry all the time yeah. mm-hmm. well we would do a talent show after dinner like at, at the ranch there's a there's a stage after dinner everybody would go do a talent show she would like sing i would like play fart noises on my armpit or something because <laughs> i didn't have a real talent <laughs> the real but talent. like what you do is you would have to sort of defend yourself in front of the court so to speak and like wow. make people laugh even though your talent's kind of like lame or whatever. Like you sort of. Well, that's where the performing came from. You were like almost forced to do it. And it was, it was sort of like, it sounds like amazing. Forced. It was like, it was like the gong show. Would your parents, would the, would the, would the, would the crowd be brutally honest? Like, ah, bang. Oh, yeah. Brutally honest. Yeah. Like people would cry and, and people would get so heated that they're like, I'm going to do this sort of stunt or this sort of trick. And like, they would do something like try to do a backflip off the top of the rafter and like land on their neck. And we'd all go to the hospital. Like they were desperate to win. We had a broken bone every year. Every year. Really? Every year. So we always had a family football game too. And somebody broke a bone every single year. Family football game sounds great. Yeah, but you guys were all out football, huh? Oh, we don't mess around when it comes to football. Yeah. So Oliver and I used to do productions uh, every Christmas. Um, Productions. What does that that mean? (laughs) We uh, would put a little like story play together when we were kids. We would play it out in front of the whole family. And um, Kurt would then, everyone would clap like, yay. And then Kurt would go, I don't understand what this like what happened. <laughs> and we could be like five years Your old. Your first act is really flawed. Yeah. Right. No character go, development. And we, and we go, you know, what do you mean, Pa? And he'd be like, I, there's no plot, guys. Like, I don't know, that like, who's so... who? What's the plot? What just happened? And we would all sit there, like, deer in a headlight, going, like, like Oliver, I told you we should have done. He'd be like, no, that's not. We're like, what? Right over the back. Yeah. Then he'd ask us to go back upstairs and look at the story and talk about like what it was that we really wanted to get across, like what, and come back and perform it again. 
That's incredible. That's like the Sundance Lab. <laughs> we, were, we were so excited. We were like, oh my God. And we were like, dun, 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 dun. we did this. And then it was like, no, we're wasn't like, good enough, kids. Uh, we're like, we don't want to rework the scene. <laughs> That's so funny. Honestly, truth. I didn't see truth. That's so because uh, that's that's actually I was thinking about that with you guys. You you guys have amazing resources of people that have done it before and probably would have a higher bar than our family was just sort of clapping. There was one time where we we had like this big party at the house and it was like all of my uh, family's friends and Leslie was in Annie at the time and Leslie <laughs> you know was just so good at singing that song tomorrow. At the time, and she just crushed it. And so, and my parents were so proud. So they would make her sing it everywhere. And I told Leslie, I said, in the middle of the song, what you need to do is just go, praise Lucifer. Right? <laughs> so right when you're about to hit the high note. And like, I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know anything. And I was like, okay, sure. You did it? Of I did course. it. Oh. And it was like, two more. And then I was like, Lucifer. My parents were so like, weirded out. Like the joke was only for me. Like no one else got it. Everyone thought I was like the devil after oh. that. Annie was my favorite too. My mom used to do the same thing. Well, but it sounds like your parents actually like wanted you to perform where a lot of, I think, parents in this business push their kids away from that. Do you find that? They were fine. You know, they were fine. They were fine, except unless we were, they wanted us to be kids. I mean, that was yeah. really important. Like, there was they, no pressure one way or the other. For them, it was like, you will Whatever. not, you will do what you want to do as long as you do it 150% and you're committed and you love it. That's what we'll support you in. And we made, I made movies. Yeah. Ollie you know? would, Ollie was like the creator. Yeah. Cameras, filters. I mean, every weekend making movies with Shots. gore. Everything was gore. Everything was horror. Everything was comedy oh horror. God. I mean, that's like was our genre. But I think, I think let's bring it back to like growing up that when, you know, well, I guess, what were you guys doing when you were growing up? You're playing Dude, sports? He was doing the same stuff. Same thing. I literally he had a camera with me at all times on family vacations. Oh. I would actually, one of my favorite things was like, we usually would film like a movie or something like. We're at a beach. I'd film like Boca Bay Watch, and it'd be like some like thriller about you He'd know like, you're about to get eaten by a shark. Jump in the water, and I'd be like terrified. I'm like okay, yeah. <laughs> but so it's the same kind of thing. There was my favorite piece of footage that we have as a family is when we were we were in we're in England, and we we're staying with a family outside of London, and they had this real um, kind of emo kid who was what, like 10 years Super old emo. and Don't we have you no love when like different kids from weird families enter the equation of like the strong unit yeah this was this it's, guy this guy had so no funny. like very sweet family this kid was like the wild card and my dad being my dad being like hey more more the merrier we, like, have, we have a five-seater car we, have, we could we definitely have five people in our family and he goes here. would you want to come to london with us he goes yeah okay and we're like dad oh. we have no room for this guy oh. so oh. we put my little sister in the trunk Right, and her head is sticking outside the little the little drop down thing, yeah, like in the middle of it. So Leslie's head is out the middle, and basically the other guys like sitting here. My sister's here. I'm and sure I'm he's on sitting in the car, side. being like, "What's happening?" What is it? Oh my so God. we're driving down the road, and my, I'm interviewing my dad because he's in the right seat, not the left. And I'm like, "Hey, dad, how's the vacation going so far?" He's like, "It's all good." And he's like, "He's like, we're having a great." And he, you turn and you literally see in frame a, a Range Rover. Like 
right in front of our car. He had oh, swerved no. on accident oh, the other my. lane. And all of a sudden, he turns back. He goes, oh, my gosh, and turns it. But everyone and goes, in the car screams. But because the way he turned, my camera goes like this. And all you see for the entire, like, next 30 <laughs> seconds is my little sister's disembodied head in the back. <laughs> just because she has no idea what's going on as we go into a field. Oh, you actually go into like, a field? Like, literally oh, ramped no. it into a field. Really it's and the, they all I got to bust see out screaming, no. And then I'm screaming because I can't see no anything. Idea. And, like, we get in this field and then this kid, this kid thinks he's going to die. He hasn't said a word. He's like terrified of everything happening <laughs> and then we get out of the car at the very end and my dad being like the funny guy he is he's like so it's standard to tip the driver when you you know after a like <laughs> ride and the kid the kid after not saying a word for the entire like day he goes you gotta be kidding me he's like i'm not gonna tip you 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 almost killed all of us. He was like, "Oh my yeah. god, losing oh his mind." God. He lost it. He lost <laughs> it. Oh and he's like, "And your daughter's in the trunk." But wait, oh, so you would film? You were constantly filming. Did was at, where you got? So you always wanted to do what I did, which was like you'd be in anything and do whatever you wanted. And the older older sister was she involved or was she sort of like whatever? She kind of did her own thing. She was in like a few of them, I think. What movies? Yeah, but I don't think she did most of them. Yeah. Oh, you mean like family movies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not like the the ones. But like that not the ones that like we filmed. So you guys were always drawn to writing, creating, you music, and you and you have written now a couple movies. Yeah. So who's your writing partner? So my writing partner is a guy named John O'Matt, and John O and I'm both snuck into the Golden Globes. Actually, when Cord was on Glee, it was like second or third season of, and I was just his roommate, and so he just snuck his ticket back to me. Uh, Jono was the assistant for somebody on Glee and put his name into the system to get into this party. And so we both were like the only guys that were like not important and definitely not on the show. It had nothing to do with the show. <laughs> and we just started talking to each other at the, uh, at the bar and he said he was a writer and he was like, Oh, I wrote a screenplay about the world's first submarine. And I was like, Oh, the Hunley. He's like, how would do you know that? And I was like, oh, I watched a documentary about it. And we just started talking. I gave him notes on some stuff and, um, this one screenplay that, he started writing. He, I gave him notes and he's like, would you just want to write this with me? And now we just have sort of merged our creative brains and now we have a real fast system. What is your ultimate goal as a actor, creator, director? Like where do you see yourself in 15 years from now? Um, as in, uh, if you could accomplish everything you want to accomplish in 15 years. Well, taking over the Mission Impossible franchise. <laughs> That's the, by the way, it's so funny. It's so funny because somebody Being like Tom made that Cruise. joke on, on Top, Top Gun. Like, talking to Tom and they're like, oh man, like maybe one of these guys is going to take over the mission franchise. He's like, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nobody's doing Like literally it, I can't think of like a worse job than taking over mission impossible, trying to like one up stunts. Right. I'm hearing Chris McQuarrie, who's the director of mission is, is on set and he and Tom are constantly talking about the next stunts, the next set pieces. And I can't think of a more, I mean, we're flying real F-18s this movie and going, the speed of sound 50 feet yeah, above the ground. Just, awesome. Yeah, that's just who and he it's is. like literally what they're brainstorming. Right. Is what is the craziest How, thing? Right. And it's like, I can't imagine that sort of pressure. Like the next movie, I already get like butterflies being like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. It scares yeah. me. It scares me. But it'll, you know. No, I, just, think, I think the, the thing I'm excited about is that I feel like Leslie and my worlds are sort of starting to collide, collide and merge mm -hmm. where I'm, you know, I'm now finally getting to the point where I can like, 
I'm working with the people I've always wanted to work with and like people want to develop with me and, and with her stuff, like her stuff is cooking. And like, I've always wanted to do like a musical. Like I'm, I'm like, we grew up on musicals and things like that. And like kind of converging I'll those come. two worlds. Come on. Actually, come. we should totally do that. The Wendy's musical. Mm-hmm. Double stack. <laughs> double stack. <laughs> it's called double stack. Good idea. Um, cheese on no cheese. Did, cheese, dude, please. you're hired. <laughs> you're so hired. <laughs> we should. We should just do a, sh- a musical short. And it's just about an ordering experience at Wendy's. Um, so your guys' worlds are colliding and you feel like now you're actually getting an opportunity to work with your sister. Well, because independently, like the set it up, the way that happened was like not me. Like she independently, like I obviously was like hoping it happened, but like that thing happened independently of me and like the, the people that she's connecting with, it's all – they're they're part of my world, but I don't know music supervisors. Like I, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just seeing like her ability to create songs out of literally nothing, and to just go, I have a concept. I'll write a song about it, and the way people respond to it. These people are getting paid millions of dollars for for the these things, and the people that I'm developing certain projects with. That's one of the most complicated parts of the equation that are really tough to, to figure music. out. Music, yeah. So I've noticed this a lot. You know. You do end up working with your sibling. It's like you know them better than anybody. If you really believe in your sibling and what they can do, especially if you're a creative, mm-hmm. you want to work with each other. Yeah, it must you know? be nice. It must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with that you do know each other so well and you know how each other's brains work, which for us, like anytime we get a chance, we always are like, ping-ponging ideas off of each other. Totally. And so, like, to be able to do that in a creative way, like, in an actual film, not just, like, a song or something, yeah, would be so cool. Yeah. yeah. I think that's our dream is, like, just to work together and, like, have a company where I run music, he runs the production My company. brothers do whatever oh. they can to get away from doing that. <laughs> well, because oh, I, I sit in a room and I ping waiting for a pong back. <laughs> Oliver, you should run the music pinging. of her company. He says, I'm just pinging, ping, ping, ping. It's not true. It's not true. Um, okay, so all right, let's do some of these rapidies. Who broke the rules more? Obviously, you did. Yeah. I broke the rules. I just... Didn't break him as much as Glenn and Lauren. Mom also caught Glenn sneaking out one time. And he had literally had this entire plan. He, like, opened the garage, put a, a bike, like, underneath. And our, our driveway's like this. My mom knows everything. This like steep. Yeah. 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 Steep driveway. <laughs> Super just, steep. Just like, our driveway's like this. Just an awkward wrist. Hands. That's our driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. The, you can't see. Um, and it was super steep and like Glenn was halfway down the driveway. My mom just opens up her window and is like, Glenn. She's like, where do you think you're going? Uh, and he was like, back in the house. Uh, and then she didn't come down. She didn't like scold him. She just like, he knew. Don't. Yeah, she's kind of terrified. Don't mess with her. her kids. Yeah, she knew everything. Like, do you hide things from, if your parents were like, Glenn, have you done ecstasy? Like, would you say to your parents, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you have or not. I'm just saying, like, I actually, this is a good segment where I play Glenn's, I play your guy's dad and your mom, and we're grilling them on the tough questions. Oh, right. And then you would (laughs) answer them how you would answer them. Glenn, um, can you, can you make it just like a little, little softer and more, um, I don't know, Even. caring? 
Yeah. Caring. Yeah. <laughs> more caring. Like more Ronald Reagan-y? Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Did you have you, you done high? cocaine in your life? I would I would t- totally tell my dad stuff like that. You would? Absolutely. When it comes to those sort of things, I don't think our parents are very cool and chill when it comes to those sort of things. No, have I you, feel like they've actually in our entire lives have fostered this like thing of just be honest. Like they gave us freedom when we were younger, but they were like, if you get in trouble, it's gonna be your fault. Mm-hmm. We're not bailing you out. Yeah, they never bailed but us out. But you're an adult. Oh. Do you do you like make your decision? Yeah. That sounds just like no, our their parents sound really similar. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Who calls the other more? You call me more. Yeah. What you about? Uh, in the morning, it's usually about song ideas. <laughs> uh, I, I call you about everything. Do you talk to him every? Do you guys talk every day? Multiple times a day. Do we yeah. talk Mo- every day? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. So aggressive. <laughs> Who gets the last word in during an argument? I mean, it sounds like you they guys don't, don't even really argue. argue. Not that much, really. No. Nah. But who would get the last word? Something's weird. Probably Something's Glenn. gotta be. Probably Glenn would get the last word, and I'd be like, I Lauren. Know. Lauren would get the last word. Oh, Lauren for Lauren, sure would get the last word. Of of Lauren is an amazing arguer. Oh she, well, she's a lawyer, yeah. right? So, so, so it's it. like okay. she's so Lauren, she she can dismantle you and make it hurt. Out of the three of you, who teams up more? I would probably say it was the two of us. Yeah. You yeah. guys team yeah. up. Most. Lauren, Lauren's a team of her own. But that shifted because once upon a time it was oh me and Lauren. you and Lauren yeah. Does Lauren? Do you- Lauren likes, in my opinion, I think she likes being on her own as a team. She's independent. She could take on anyone yeah. she wants to She's, take on. Yeah. Do you but- love Leslie more than Lauren? <laughs> no, I love them equally. <laughs> you do? Okay. Jesus. What a question. Okay, what would Glenn choose? Cold weather or warm weather? Uh, warm weather. Warm. Dog or cats? Dog. Dog. Salty or sweet? Salty. Me too. No, she's guessing for you. Oh, you're guessing for me. Yeah, for you. Oh, well, correct. Open. Yeah, so far <laughs> she's like four for four. Uh, beach or mountains? Uh, beach. Correct. Beatles or stones? Stones. Beatles. Beatles. Oh, yeah. burgers or dogs? Burgers. Hot dogs. Correct. Bowling or miniature golf? Miniature golf. Correct. Roller skate or Segway? Roller skate. Segway. What do you think I, I am? Say, I could have Glenn said Segway. Glenn would be, that's a whole comedy Full routine. Segway. <laughs> him on a Segway. <laughs> oh, God. We had, like, we used to actually do, like, did a tap dancing on, on Segway, Segway before. We did an interpretive dance on Segway. There you yeah. go. We have an off-roading Segway at the lake house. Yeah, we did. Headphones or boombox? Headphones. If it's on a plane, headphones. <laughs> Anywhere else, probably boombox. That's accurate, yeah. Sports I'm a car fan. Escalade. Sports car. Yeah. You know what he drives? <laughs> oh, yeah. I read an article about it. His oh, Jaguar. Oh, like, it's Jag. That's right. Right. Yeah. I read an article yeah. in my research for Glenn, and it was Glenn, the movie star to be, pulls up <laughs> messy hair aviators that were painted onto his eyes. Oh, my God. He's got a Vente <laughs> Starbucks lingering in his cup holder oh, Jesus Lonely Forks lies at the floor <laughs> what, Lonely Forks That's what he said yeah. What's uh, Glenn's go-to karaoke song? It'd probably be like Tim McGraw or something No, that's good I usually choose like a Disney song Okay <laughs> Like a Dance move Go-to dance move Oh God, he's got so many you can't even I don't know 
Okay. It's know. a hard one. <laughs> what is it? What is it? It's the, it's the one it's the one that mom the mom taught oh, us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's mom's signature dance move. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Can we get like mom doing this and put it on our for Instagram? Sure. Absolutely. Mom's phenomenal. Excellent. Um okay. Learned if he could quote, if he could quote one movie from start to finish, what what would it be? Top Gun. Top Gun. Hilarious. Bobatura. <laughs> <laughs> or like Blazing Saddles or something. Childhood Crush. Oh, Haley um, Conrad. Oh, I mean, but now let's, you're talking about Celebrity Crush? Yeah. Oh, she's like, this is uh, Haley Conley. It's a very specific. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I actually have no idea what that is. What is it? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, Never knew that. Okay. Name a TV or show that he loved so much that would maybe be embarrassing. We loved Seventh Heaven. Oh yeah, we Barry and, and now Jeff Stoltz is one of our good friends, and like <laughs> Jeff was like the man. I was like that guy's yeah. so cute, and then when I finally like realized it after probably knowing him for a year, I was like, wait a second, you were on Seventh Heaven. Yeah, we loved that. Now movie. you got to do this for your sister. Cold or warm weather? Warm. Yeah. Dog or cats? Dog. Yeah. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Yeah. Beach or mountains? Beach. Actually, mountains. Mountains. You don't like the beach. I, I like the beach. I just would rather be active on the mountain. Beetles or stones? Stones. Mm-hmm. Burgers or hot dogs? Hot dogs. Oh, yeah, burgers. Yeah. Bowling or miniature golf? Miniature golf. Yeah. Roller skates or Segway? I mean, that's kind of... I guess it's... I mean, I assume Segways, but this rollerblading thing really threw me for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many things. You'd rather roller skate. Home. I know. <laughs> um, it's going to be the first fight. When have you been roller skating? Um, Go-to karaoke song for your sister. Sia? No, definitely not Sia. Uh, what's it's the one? Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Yo, what's shaking like Jello? Make the boys say hello because they know I'm right. No. Oh my God. Nobody, yeah. Nobody Amazing. Yeah, she knows every word of that song. Glenn, if your sister could quote one movie from start to finish, what would it be? Don't be weird about this, but maybe How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I was just about to say How to Lose Favorite a Guy movie. in 10 Days. <laughs> how to Lose a Guy yes! in 10 Days. I was going to say that. I That's love weird. it. That's it. Fun. Good guess. Celebrity crush. Childhood celebrity crush. Because I was like kind of in the Jonathan Taylor Thomas like era. You kind of watched all those shows with us, but I don't remember who your crush was. Who was your crush? I mean, I always thought Ashton Kutcher was cute. And then I also thought Ryan Reynolds was like. Those are kind of like modern ones. He was really cute. So you watched that 70s show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He also had some fun movies. If you could now, we 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 ask this to everyone, but it morphs itself. But if you could change one thing about the other, right? Giving them something that you wish they had that would elevate something, or if you could shift something in their life, what would it be? I'm thinking. I'm thinking for you. I, I truly, I truly wish that I could be a better conduit to good men in your life because I actually do find that good guys probably do come around. And I do think I am intimidating on that front for a lot of guys that do come around because mm. I am a strong – I'm like – and I'm not trying to scare anybody. Um, I'm just a terrifying individual. Obviously, you guys you guys feel it when mm-hmm. you're around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the fear that I instill in people. <laughs> I do. No, I just think that guys like obviously like – Right. I, I, I find that if a, the wrong guys have a confidence to go around her, but the right guys probably don't have the balls. 
Does that make right. sense? Uh-huh. Um, I what I would change about you is I just wish you'd introduce me to the right guys. So yeah, that's good. If you I can like make that, that okay. I'm, I'm with. That's also a, that, yeah. I also have a high bar. There's nothing. And but you I, know what? I want... Never change the high bar. Yeah, but like get on it. Um, okay, so what? What? But what would be one thing you would change other than him introducing you to? Is there anything? Was there anything about Glenn that like if you were if you had this, it would elevate. It's a good word. It would elevate you. There's one, There would be one thing, but then I would also never want to take this away because I think it makes it who he is. Mm-hmm. Would be he's so trusting of every single. He's like he really genuinely believes every single person has his best interest at heart and because he's a good person. And I think that's going to, sometimes people don't and I don't want, ever want him to get screwed over. So like, that would be something like, but then also that's what makes you who you are is Mm. like actually genuinely believing people are good. It's like, you don't want to take that away, but you also is like, like, I wonder if that's That's maybe a middle child thing. Have you been burned though? No, I definitely gotten to, I like business side of things. I've definitely learned lessons the hard way with certain people. And you do learn what you can trust and what you can't trust. I don't, but I, I don't feel like those are lessons that have, I've had to like, I don't go shoot. I, I have to wear this like a metal now or like, like a weight. Mm-hmm. It happens like, you know, not all people are good. And I find it's a lot easier to be open to things than to uh, be scared of getting hurt on those things. Cause then it, but I find a lot of actors in general sort of, it's been something I've been like hyper aware of is I find actors kind of walk around like oh. not trusting people and kind of being like wary of people mm-hmm. and just terrible place to it live. Totally sucks. Like it, it makes I, you a I, shitty version of yourself. Way, I'm the same. You just look at things from a different perspective. Right. And I could say the same thing about myself. I'm be way too trusting. And I, but that's never, that's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a blessing and a curse. If you use the good too much, it becomes a weakness, I think. Who is the favorite sibling? Is there a golden child? Glenn's the golden child. No, Leslie's I, to be the golden Leslie's child. Leslie's Glenn is the golden child. Lauren doesn't care. We've we figured that out. Have you no. guys seen She's the movie like, The Golden cool, Child? What? Have you seen the movie The Golden Child with no. Eddie Murphy? No. You should watch Best it. Best movie ever. If you guys could give someone advice i think this is interesting because you guys actually do have something that we do even though we joke around and we laugh about all this stuff but like our i don't know what i would do without my brother i mean literally you know it's one of those relationships where he gives me more than he even feels that he does at times i know that for a fact that that's like everything to me what would be the one piece of advice you'd give a sibling relationship that wasn't necessarily in a good place? I'd actually say that family is the only thing that sticks with you through everything. Friends come and go, relationships come and go, but like a brother, sister, or a mom and daughter, father, daughter, whatever, that's that's what you have in life and that's what you fall back on, or at least I do. And so if you can make that relationship good or worthwhile, then you can always rely on it. But that's also not true in in different households. So, Of course. But do you feel that the things that you do in your life, do you feel that you ha- your courage, say, to put yourself out there, to write songs, to say certain things, is, has something to do with how safe and grounded and loved you feel from your family? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually, 100%. Like, I'm, I think music is the scariest thing. Like, no, I think you're nuts to go into music. I think you're nuts to go into film. I think, but I'm not scared of failure because if, if I fail, if something bad happens, whatever, I have my family to go back to and nothing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not scared. Yeah. I always think there will be people out there who are listening to this who have a difficult time with their sibling and they try to figure out how to reconcile it. But then there's this longing that's always like, if only I could just connect with that sibling. You know, they might not have been able to connect with their parents, but to be able to do that can completely change their entire life. So what would be your piece of advice to someone who's having a challenging time? I mean- I I find that she's right in the fact that this town, for example, I found that this town operates like a heat-seeking missile a lot of times where it just chases kind of the flavor of the week and you can read into why you're not good enough or why things aren't happening. But at the end of the day, I talk to my family every day, pretty much every single member of them, and they offer different things. And it, whether it's a crutch or a laugh or just a keep your mind off of things. Um, and like, for instance, even when I was going through, I've gone through breakups and Leslie's the one who literally talks me off of a ledge, you know, I'll get my heart stomped on and, and she'll talk me through it. She'll turn it into a song. That sort of our catharsis is like, I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, that's, that's like, I'm sitting there going, you know, as a Southern guy, you're not like necessarily wanting to just like, cry to your little sister about stuff. But really what you do is you can open up and talk about how you're feeling and I'll write a bunch of stuff and I'll say, Hey, please make a song of it. Cause this shit hurts, you know? And, but you will break things down for me and give me the real and family is no politics and they should be there. Not every family has the luxury of that. Like I know my family, no matter what I do, they'll be there. And so you don't have to sugarcoat things. You can be hurt. You can be vulnerable and you can be raw to them because you know, that's that's one thing on this town that I do feel like I've brought a lot of people into my inner circle and into my work life and personal life that are there for me. But at the end of the day, you know that when push comes to shove, the only people that are truly there, if shit has, dries up, um, my family is going to be the only one that's there. You that's know? great. I mean, you guys are so lucky. You You're know. so lucky, and I and You're I. You're very lucky. You guys have a really seems to be a, just a really stable, honest. Awesome I mean, you got parents family. who are still together, yeah. but when you start interviewing people, and most most of the world really has real challenges mm-hmm. in their family of origin, and I actually think it's as important as you know talking to people who've had challenging relationships in their life, familial relationships that actually talking with you guys, what it, what it's like to grow up with stability, with a father who is really even, who's able to diffuse situations and, you know, hit the neutral button to be able to have that as your found foundation creates this like safe, beautiful feeling where you actually feel so loved. At the end of the day, I think everyone's striving to create a family that can do what your parents did. So it's a real testament to your parents that you guys can speak about them like this, that you're so, it's just so wonderful. And I think 
um, it'd be interesting to talk to your parents about their childhood because, um, you know, generationally things shift. And I, I bet they made some shifts in their life to be able to raise the kind of family that they did. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it probably would be a great lesson to everyone that, you know, you don't have to be your parents. You can raise your kids and your family exactly the way you want to. And I don't know. I want to like hug your parents. <laughs> I want to hug them. I'm sure they want to hug you too. <laughs> we'll, we'll make the Texas trip happen for sure. I know. I know. Love you guys. Thank you for coming. Love you guys. Thank you for having us. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. Producer is Allison Bresnik. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mark. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.